One, two, three, let's go. You're listening to WJMS Media, where media is reimagined. You can find us on our Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, and Twitter. Hello, everyone. I'm Rala Rue with WJMS Media. I'm excited today. I have Tariq with me. Tariq, how are you? I am doing well. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you for being here. So for starters, Tariq, where are you from? Originally from Chicago, Illinois. Just recently moved to New York City. New York, that is huge. Those are two big cities, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, how was the transition from Chicago to New York? So I originally just moved to New York within two to three months ago. So I'm still getting acclimated with New York. And uh, Chicago's big, but it's also small at the same time. So is New York. But the one thing I love about Chicago is that everything is next to you and you cannot run into anybody. You definitely will always find somebody be like, yeah, I went to school with you or, hey, you, you're going to the show later on. That's what uh, I love about Chicago. New York is bigger and a little bit more connected. Everybody is around the loop system, if you will say. And everything is is not as segregated like Chicago can be from time to time, especially sometimes with different cultures. So, um, so far, it's really, really cool. And I really do appreciate it. And uh, one of the main reasons why I moved to New York is because I wanted to continue to keep, keep pushing my studies with music and uh, keep going vocally. And I got married recently. So my wife's originally from New York anyway. So shout out to her, Shanti Sharif, repping Queens. <laughs> okay. Well, congratulations on uh, being a newlywed for starters. Um, now, I know Chicago has amazing food and I know New York has amazing food. So if you had to choose, are you still rooting for Chicago or is it like mm, New York or is it like a tie? Right now, there's a lot of things that I was highly accustomed to. So Chicago still got it. New York is slightly, it's, you know, it's on this, it, it's coming up. It, it's coming up on, on uh, it's peaking, as I would say. But I will, I will say sometimes it will depend on where you choose to go. And um, for me, uh, it's a lot of halal restaurants in New York, and it's not a lot in Chicago. That does have Chicago beats. So, it was, you know, it's, it's, it's definitely getting there. But so far, so good. I really do enjoy the food here in New York. What's your number one food that you recommend to someone in Chicago? <sighs> that's, a, that's a good question. That's a tough uh, one. <laughs> I'm be honest with you, a lot of us be able to go ahead and say, uh, Giordano's Pizza. Giordano's is cool, but uh, I say the Chicago chain that it's pretty much known the moment you go is Harold's Chicken. You got to go to Harold's. Harold's and Uncle That or uh, Uncle Remus, which is a Chicago thing as well, but it's more so cultured on the west side of Chicago. And Harold's really, you know, south side of Chicago. So it's funny because, like, it's almost like the Chicago Cubs and Chicago White Sox. So it's like a little bit of beef, but we all love each other. It's like a so, friendly rivalry. Exactly. So, okay. um, yeah, I would say either Harold's or Uncle Remus. So since you've been in New York, what would you say is your favorite so far? There has been a lot of good steak in New York. Steak is really good. I do I've like that. that. And I'm a big and I'm a big, I'm a, I'm a meaty head. So I, I love food. I'm skinny. I got to pack on some weight anyway. So, um, yeah, I'm a, I'm a good meat head. I love a good burger as well. So 
they um, do very good. And it's, you know, easy to get caught up with so many things because New York is a bigger city than Chicago. Once you start finding your pockets, that's pretty much how it is. And uh, I don't have a favorite yet. I'm still looking for a favorite, but so far I'm I'm coming up on something. There's a lot that I really do like. They have a Texas chain in New York, which is kind of which is kind of like a different version of Popeyes. It's really good. Yeah, so I, I definitely will recommend that if anybody decides to come to New York to really check that out. Okay. Uh, if if I if I don't if I haven't said enough, I also love chicken too. All of the spots that I've named have been chicken spots. <laughs> <laughs> so Tyreek, how long have you been making music? So I've been making music for I say about ten years, over ten years. I've been singing for a very long time, ever since I was, God, I would say eight, eight, eight years old. So I really discovered my voice, mm-hmm. even younger than that. But let's just let's just go with eight for now. But as far as making music, I've been composing, arranging music for about 10 years. And um, now I'm really just getting a lot more acclimated with the styles that I would really like to do and just starting to become more adjacent to different ideas that's really trying to push my music forward. So you write music and you're a singer as well. Yes. Would you say that you've written poetry as well, or is that like a different ballgame for you? That's interesting because poetry, I started really trying to get into it when I was like in middle school. Mm -hmm. So I really kicked that off with a couple of my friends between middle school and high school. He was a poetry writer, so he really tried to you know, push me to just keep getting myself involved and really uh, get my song writing chops up. And from that point forward, I just started thinking things on the fly and didn't really take my time too much with the poetry aspect. And I just started to look into different variations of what I can do to compose it, compose and have a song. A lot of that time, I'm only thinking about what I feel and, you know, what draws attention towards any other thing and also just certain uh, certain formats that I'm building so like certain song structures like AABA or ABAC and all that and all that extra stuff but so far it's been super fun just making a lot of adjustments when it, when it comes to my music okay and so you're in school now correct I am I go to CCNY City College of New York so how do you balance music and your other obligations? So you just told me within the short amount of time that you're married, you have just recently moved to a new area. You're balancing being in school and you're making music. How do you find a balance with a social life, sleeping and keeping up with your everyday curricular as well? Scheduling the best way I possibly can. Just keeping myself organized. I have a planner <laughs> and uh, literally a bunch of boards in my room, like two calendars, just always trying to plan ahead. I will say that a lot of the time I did lack on that growing up, but uh, it, it it fell through when it came down towards me being a lot more organized and a lot more sufficient with the things that I needed to start pushing forward. So case in point, I used to run a band in Chicago called Tyreek and the Soulful Ones. And I knew if I was going to put out a lot more product, I definitely had to stay ahead of the game and just continue to bring content towards everybody and just build my live shows from there. So 
as much as I possibly can. I stay organized uh, on my phone because I'm on my phone most of the time. And I'm always just thinking about more ideas that I always have. So I just have like a little folder for where I want to put things and say, I might come back to that later. And uh, as far as like every other things, uh, every other thing that I have going on, like the gym life, just overall being social, I tend to keep my schedule consistent between certain hours within the afternoon and the uh, and the mornings. Try to get things done in the morning. If I know I got some, if I know I got a class, I got to get my chores done in the morning. Uh, if I know I'm going out, then I won't be able to be talking to nobody. I got to go out and see. If I have some time to myself, then I just have to cut. Uh, I just had to cut that time with anybody else and just say, I got to start thinking about myself. And it gets very, very tedious at points, but that's, but that's super important. And I have to really understand that and how it draws more, uh, more inspiration when it comes down to even my music as well. So yeah, this is super important to really just keep everything organized as much as you can. Are you a sticky notes person? Because I am. I will sticky notes. I used to be. Like, I was, like, every other time when I was putting things together, I used to be a sticky note person. And I had, like, a bunch of sticky notes. I just buy them on the fly. Like, rent. and if anybody, I even, I guess to the point where if I just see, like, a pile of sticky notes, I'm like, ain't nobody going to use that. And you just left it. I'm, I'm still in that. Man, you don't need that. I need that. Because it's just another way to just continue to, push your demographic of how you want to be together. And uh, that's really important for everybody else to see if you can get yourself together. It's hard for people to really see you together. So, and you, how can you really push anything else if you're not set, if you're not settled with yourself? So yeah, as long as I possibly am constantly jotting down stuff, like I, I got to have something in my hands, like, cause I have so many things that I'm always thinking about and if anything, that's also part of my organization, trying to turn my brain off because it's hard when you're in a mode and you're in, and you're in the zone to just give yourself a break too. So, And it's hard, especially when you're on go all the time or you know that certain things have to be done. It's hard to kind of, I guess, unwire, I guess you can say, to get your brain to be like, hey, it's time to sleep. It's time to rest. If I don't get any rest, I'm going to be haywire tomorrow. It's really hard to do that sometimes, especially when you are an entrepreneur, because you're like, I can do this instead of sleeping, even though that's not the right answer. But sometimes that's the way that we process things because we're like, I could be doing this instead of sleeping. But I love the way that you prioritize because you understand I need to do this. I need to do that. But I also need to worry about my well-being, too, which is very important. So are you active on social media? I am. Uh, I will tell you a little quick story about social media for me. As an artist, you just have to, it's just one of those things that you just got to do. I don't like social media, but I just have to do it. You know, that that's a new paper that's on the wall outside. You know, social media is the quickest way to try to network. And Instagram is a new business card. So all of those key components really help myself and a lot of other people that I am linked to start reaching out and building a different platform with. So it's so easy to start doing a lot more creative cultural things like an organization, like a, uh, like a certain group that you would like to have. Social media definitely became a decent pool of people, specifically with where I was in Chicago, but definitely now in New York. And the first thing you have to say is, hey, what's your Instagram, you know? But before that, I don't even think about that until I actually get a chance to have a decent conversation. That's what I'm really about. So 
I'm big on just communicating and being live as much as I can. And then, like, maybe near the end of the conversation, I'll be like, okay, what's your Instagram? Because, you know, because then I would like to continue to have the conversation and just keep moving it forward. But I'm not a big social media guy. I just, it's just one of those things, like, I have to, have to do it. And I keep telling myself, I got to do it. My wife is a um, film director, and she continues to push me and motivates me every single day. So I will give her a lot of credit because I'm not going to do it. So I definitely, I'm looking at, hmm. I don't know. She's like, no, you got you got to post it. You, you got to look at the numbers. Looking and some, I recently put out a post on Facebook, and I and at first I didn't want nothing on Facebook, and then I went back and I saw the numbers. I said, okay. I said, you got this one. I I, I give it. To you. I'll listen to you. She was like, I know what I'm talking about. <laughs> yeah, it, so, it can yeah. Get, it can get really hard because again, this goes back to balancing uh, your lifestyle and your life, and you know, trying to separate all of it, but also even with social media, it can really become overwhelming sometimes because it's also the the fear of, oh my goodness, what I just put out, are they going to like it? Who's going to watch this? Is it going to go viral for the correct reasons? Is it going to go viral for the bad reasons or things like that? So you, those are things that you have to worry about when you post, but you are very grateful to have a wife that knows what she's talking about. And she was able to be like, I think you should post that, or maybe you should post more because she's not wrong. You do have to post more because if you don't expose yourself to people, how will they know you? Exactly. I also and understand yeah. your viewpoint. It's, it's pretty hard because you're like, I don't really want to do this part. Can I just get someone else to do this part? And I get it. Yeah. And that's where marketing teams and things come in. But I get it. You have to get to that point to get the marketing team. And it's a whole fiasco sometimes. So Yeah, I'm just like, I want to sing and just play my saxophone, just play other instruments. I just want to do that. I don't want to. Uh, people got to look at me. That's <laughs> I understand. And then you also have to worry about, oh my goodness, am I going to get canceled for something that I put up here? And that is the big thing now with our generation getting canceled. And I'm just like, it's yeah, a lot. Exactly. It is a lot. Sometimes you just have to take a deep breath and be like, I got this, but I'm a little nervous. But kudos to you for still pushing towards that social media. Have you ever interacted with any fans on social media before? Yes. Um, a lot of fans that I do communicate with without the exception of spams. <laughs> yeah, I definitely get a chance to communicate a lot with uh, people that I, uh, people that honestly I just generally talk to. And uh, anybody who just likes my music and would like to reach out and uh, just answer back as soon as I can, just going on live to really speak to everybody I can't talk to as well. My wife and I like to do a little thing called uh, a couples workout. So that's another way I can engage with my fans and just talk to them as well. And she's there right there and she's right beside me just engaging with other people that we just choose, uh, that we just, uh, that we've networked and talked with. And now those new people that we have just inquired that can definitely start building, uh, they're forming an idea about who I am as an artist too. And that really, that's, it's, it's so cool and easy to start utilizing when you are just talking constantly to everybody. And then it helps when you'd be like, oh, I, yeah, I, I think I met you before. <laughs> so, you know, Instagram definitely helps a lot. It's very easy to now build a different method of speech that you don't get a chance to think about because they're not in front of you. So now I have to format myself and keep things short and just be clear as much as I can. I do know that somebody else might have a question and somebody else wants to see what I'm doing. What's the music coming out? What's the next conversation about? 
so and so, who you working with? So, yeah, there's a lot of um, micromanaging my time with everybody else and just focusing on how I can continue to grow. But I love that everybody can get a chance to see that too and the things that they continue to hear within my music as well. Would you say or agree that it's very important to learn and study old music and music history? Yes. I'm so glad that somebody can, thank you for asking that question. (laughs) Yes, you definitely need to study old music. And for me, most of my sound, I'll go around older people most of my life anyway. Uh, But a lot of the push that I always hear is just like old blues. And that uh, derived from me hanging out with my grandpa and we just going down, down south. So, you know, the the, the Southern spirit, but anything that you choose to want to focus on, you've got to know your history on it. Um, It always stems from what you can possibly do with the music that you would want to be legendary yourself, because these are different type of tools. To quote the great John Coltrane, learn all your I'm paraphrasing. Learn all your tricks and have all your tools. And then when you get on the stage, just forget about it. Because at this point, you're not thinking about it anymore. You know it. And right. you're not constantly rewiring your brain. Like, oh, do I know this skill? What about uh, what, what, what about C7 major? I'm, I'm, at this point, I'm on, I'm on stage just singing. I'm like, hey, what are we eating after this? You know, what, what, what are we going for lunch? I, I want to do that. <laughs> so, yes, definitely got to know your history. And it motivates me to even break it down a lot of the times with anybody else who would like to be inspired or say, hey, how can I start doing this? Okay, cool. I'm going to sing some artists that have really pushed me. Stevie Wonder, James uh, James Brown, Michael Jackson, Luther Vandross, you name it, all of the above. Those, those uh, you know, quality sounds and, and just continue to keep listening to what you definitely are able to pick up and I, for me, I like to just listen to tracks over and over and over again because there's something that I didn't hear before, which makes it even more dope to just take that in. I'm like, damn, Stevie did that? That's crazy. Mm-hmm. They spend, like, I can spend all day talking about Stevie Wonder and any track that he does, but it's so intricate about what Stevie, it, I didn't even get into it because I'm such a nerd when it comes down to what Stevie does. You actually can get into it. So would you okay, say great. Your, your top inspiration? CV is one, and Michael Jackson is another. Another, uh, I am also a musician myself, so I just hear different things outside of just a normal, like just a normal lyrics. So I'm listening to the backgrounds. I'm listening to different chord progressions: two, five, one chords, three, four, seven chords, then go back to one. So I'm listening to you know what the horn parts is doing, the harmonies, and how things are being layered. And Stevie does a dope job with doing that. And he's a very artistic man. Yeah. Like uh, Ribbon in the Sky is one of my solid songs. Overjoy is another. But it's just mm-hmm. small, like those small buildups and those, um, yeah, the, those, cra- those crazy chord progressions. It just sounds so, it, it sounds like a lot, but it's actually not either. And mm-hmm. that's the beauty within music and knowing, knowing your chord progressions and just being, and just overall knowing different things that you can continue to build off of. Now I'm actually just falling into just jazz and uh, harmony ones and different chord progressions with that, with seven chords. It's beautiful. And I love seven chords, but, and just, but tying it into jazz just makes it that. That's pretty much what jazz is. Even when you hear certain things, R&B, R&B jazz is, is definitely happening a lot. Uh, it's very small and it's very small and intricate. Um, but 
it's there and it sounds really dope to hear so it's yeah uh, uh, as you can tell, I'm rambling now. You know, I, I love being able to just have the knowledge behind these things. No, you're fine. That's what this interview is for, for you to express your inspirations, who motivates you, because this ultimately is, these are people that have made you who you are today. So even with Michael Jackson, what was it that you pulled from him that you're like, yeah, this is this is the guy. I love these things that he does. Like, what is it that he does that you're like, this guy was amazing? Stage presence. The biggest thing that Mike does is, he knows how to entertain. He knows what to do. I recently went back to watch his um, Super Bowl halftime commercial, uh, halftime show, mm-hmm. and he stood there for like ten, stood there for like ten to fifteen minutes. He didn't say anything, and the crowd just kept it, just kept it, just kept uproaring, uproaring, uproaring. He didn't do anything because that's the presence of being able to just executing what you need to have on stage and knowing your position and being confident. Prince is another, you know. Sonically and musically, guy's crazy, musical genius. So that for me is a different inspiration that I would love to take with me as far as how he likes to just arrange and do everything himself. And even going into the masters and the publishers and being able to start having a lot more control over your own stuff. And Prince was one of the founding fathers of laying the blueprint down of being independent, real independence. Yes, working with a record label, but still showing I know what I'm doing. I still have control over myself. Don't nobody own me. And that is very important, which I do see a lot of artists getting themselves into. Somebody asked me the other day, he was like, would you want to be wrong to record? I was like, I don't know. I have to see, work out the kinks and details about how everything is. Because you've seen enough, we've seen enough documentaries about um, what record labels is doing now and how they are going back and forth. So it's very it's, it's, it's again, it's still a very small circle because music is one of these things where you just got to be in the room and know people and who you know can just get you back on tour with Lizzo or Beyonce. You know, I, if I don't have a hand, if I don't have a hand to Beyonce, I have a hand to Beyonce saxophones. But those things definitely build big inspiration towards how I like to shape and map out myself and identity. Again, I'm a very old spirit, so I love going to that old, you know, uh, old Southern sound, like those B.B. King, Muddy Waters, uh, Buddy Guy, those, that blues. I love that sound too in my music. Those, those cats are really, really dope. John Coltrane, Lester Young, uh, new artists now that I definitely got to push with my sound that I think I would say, if I had to compare it to, I was like, okay, I like that. Leon Thomas III is really, he's doing his thing now. Uh, Masego. A lot of people really compare me to him. <laughs> as again, I also play saxophone as well. And I had to go back and hear, I'm like, who is everybody talking about? I like him. And I met him once. He really humble. I figured he would be. Because yeah. even with his music, he's pretty laid back. He's like, I'm going to deliver it, and that's it. <laughs> that's yeah. the type of vibe he gives. Exactly. He's so, he's, he's very, very jittery. I love his energy. Masego is very, very, like, he's not going to be that guy that brings the room down. He's always going to be pushing for great moments and just making people laugh. And yeah, I just love that energy. So it's really, yeah, again, smooth. Yes. Tell me about your very first performance. Oh, I took you down memory lane. I know you're making me go back into the rabbit hole on that one. (laughs) Or your first couple of performances, if you can't remember the very first one. Uh, Professionally or just like... What about both? Professionally or just for fun? 
I say for fun, I will say this. My my real professional performance that I took seriously, I say was when I did a little after school talent show. I was like maybe 10. <laughs> I took it serious. I took it serious. And uh, my mom is a vocalist. So well, my whole family sings. So she inspired me to just keep pushing and keep doing. And, you know, so me leading was definitely something that I wanted to just discover for myself as everybody discovered for them. Um, but I say professionally, professionally. Uh, one of my first gigs that I had, uh, I was in Chicago and performed at this place called Reggie's Rock Club. Hit the main joint a couple of times. And the first time got a decent crowd in. It was a great callback. So they say, hey, man, we love your energy. Come back and do another one. And then from that point forward, I was uh, able to still build up a decent rep over there. And um, I also just continued to keep branching into different genres and, as and aspects of music, which led me to different stages. So open mics definitely helped a lot. And jazz performances, my school, and where I am now, being able to be affiliated with different companies in New York also makes things so much easier too. For fun, I will say karaoke and just chilling with my friends <laughs> and just chilling with my wife as we all sing terribly. And I got to pretend I'm not that guy in the room. And it's like, yeah, yeah, you know, no, no, we're all just having fun. So yeah, that, that, that helps me a lot. And then it just keeps me encouraged because there's even funny stuff that happens that can just be turned into music. Again, it's how I always, it's how most musicians are, or most songwriters think, you know, anything that can be turned into a mute, turned into a music competition or a song or, or, or a song. Anybody can say something off and say something funny off the bus. But guess what? I'm taking that line and put it into a song. And they didn't copyright it, so it's mine. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, that's right. You're, you're right. I know that I asked if you had the opportunity to collab or who's your inspiration. You were mentioning Stevie Wonder, Michael Jackson, things like that. If you had the opportunity to collab with someone in our generation, who would it be? In our generation. Masego is definitely on my list. Uh, Leon, I definitely give him. Uh, Coco Jones, she's dope. She is dope. She's hey, fire. Uh, Chloe and Hallie, I'm a big fan of them. They're really dope. There's two guys named uh, Kevin Ross and Ke and Kenyon Dixon. They're super, super dope. Kevin Ross is a- uh, Kenyon Dixon. Yep. Uh, raw talent. I'm, yes. Alex Isley, she's another one. Lucky you know Day. Alex Isley. Yeah, that was my, yes. Yeah, lucky, lucky Day, that's my guy. You definitely know some history. You know old history and some, and some new you know, I guess you could say new history. I know that sounds weird, yeah. but new history. New history. <laughs> uh, the present, I guess you could say. Yeah. So what's the latest music that you've released? So right now I do have two singles out. Um, called One's called Love Reigns. It's out on all platforms everywhere. And the other one is called Nostalgic Mind. Nostalgic Mind is actually doing really good right now. So um, this is one of my favorites, I definitely have to say. A lot of people love that one. And... It just talks so much within the inspiration of just drawing down certain things that I have going on with memories of my family, uh, the things that brought me where I am now and being able to just be inspired by the things that my grandmother, grandfather, my, my parents, my cousins, overall life choices that I made to make me who I am and make Tyreek. And Nostalgic Mind brings a beautiful essence and very dreamy like sound <laughs> but it's relaxed it's chill and it's and it's nice and sweet and that was the essence i was going for and the vibe i was going for creating this i was like it just feels like i want to be able to just expound upon the things that made me happy the things that made me creative the things that made me very you know 
having that unique sound was very cool to have. And uh, I love that track, actually. So it was definitely one of my favorites. Okay. What would you say was the most challenging of the two songs? That, uh, I want to say Nostalgic Mind was a little bit more challenging than Love Rains. Love Rains actually was, when I, I wrote that one based off of just making something that I think everybody could just relate to and that it could be utilized in everywhere. Maybe utilized on radio, be utilized at an anniversary, at a wedding, the birthday party. Somebody who's looking to be proposed, they could just be utilized for anything. And but nostalgic mind, I would say the difficult part that I had with that was some things I wanted to do with it. Oh, I think I wanted to make it. I think I just wanted to do more with it. And I had to keep reminding myself that less is more. And that song is so nice and simple as it is. And if I felt like I did more with it, I was going to kind of, I was going to kind of uh, drown it out. And I didn't want that either. But it was, you know, it was always that feeling like, oh, something's missing, something's, uh, something's this. And once I was in the studio with my guys that I collaborate with, uh, they were just like, no, man, just, just keep it the way it is. It sounds super, super dope. And I was like, all right, all right, I'll listen, I'll shut up. I'll take, I'll take the time, whatever. So I would say that's the only difficulties between the song. I think all artists go through that because we try to be perfectionists. And because we're always worried, like, I'm about to release this, I need to make sure I need to go through this with a fine tooth comb just to make sure that nothing is missing. So I, I can definitely understand that. And I have talked to other artists and they have that same difficulty sometimes when they're getting towards the end of finalizing the song, just finalizing the writing. And they're like, there's something missing or, or are you sure something's not missing? And I think that it's just sometimes artists get in their heads a lot. And, and it's common because you want to make sure that you are getting that message through or whatever message that you're trying to portray, you're trying to make sure that you're getting that through. And sometimes it can be hard to accept everything is there. <laughs> Nothing else needs to be there. So I'm excited. So do you think Thank that you. there's something that you are not credited for that you should receive credit for? Mm. <laughs> I never thought about it like that. Something that I feel like I should receive credit for. I guess more, more compositions. I'm really good with building melodies and I would like to do that a lot more often. <laughs> with um, I'm so grateful with certain calls that I uh, certain calls that I do get when someone is talking to me about, hey, we want a saxophone line, or we want a we want a a verse from you, and just sometimes also being featured is super super dope. And being looked at in that light, as I started really writing and doing a lot more. I noticed that for some reason as a feature, uh, I just kind of sneak in some of my best work. And I'm like, wow, I'm going to just, I don't know if I want to use that. I think I want to take that, I'll keep that for myself. But, you know, that alone, I actually have a decent credibility when it comes down to that. And that I would love to be expanded on a little bit more. But other than that, it sounds super dope. So I ask this question a lot because I want to know people's response to it. If you were at a dinner party, let's say it was like a social dinner party and you wanted to present your music to someone you saw. Let's say it was different record labels there, or you saw someone's manager there. How would you introduce yourself to them in the viewpoint of they have never heard of you before? Yeah, so um, I would start working my way in the room and just kind of approach everything as if they aren't who they are. They're just natural. They're just natural human beings. Cause they are. And they have a job to do. They're, they're down to just continue to keep things moving, and they're down to also just making sure that they're that they're looking for is something that they can work with. And if I'm performing or get a chance to even talk about it and it comes up naturally, then 
everything else just starts to feel like it's a natural conversation and making things comfortable, not just trying to be a fangirl about, oh, let's do something, you know, mm-hmm. and making sure that that is important because I also am an artist too. And if I know I'm going to try to recruit somebody, then I would definitely not want somebody to just freak out and say, hey, I'm also an artist. I want to do this. I like that. I, okay. I'll send you to somebody, to somebody who knows somebody. So just keeping things calm, natural, approaching them with a lot of the things that they like to do. Even doing my research beforehand, it's like, yeah, I know you, but let, let me just, you know, not also make it about me. Continue to still bring their energy with me to still say, you know what? Hey, we like you. Let's go ahead and talk to you about this. Let's talk to you about that. Let's work with you here. Uh, sometimes I've really been chilling. Sometimes I won't say nothing at all. I'll just go straight to work. And if there's anything that I am doing, then I'll just let my work speak for itself. And someone who is working on something or who's a teacher or anybody who's a mentor will come up to me to definitely want to offer the tips or and definitely offer the help or more like to collaborate. I've, I can't say on countless of times how much that has worked for me. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, even sometimes nothing. I'll just uh, not on somebody say, hey, the person in the room, okay. Yeah. All right. I mean, that's the humble way of looking at it because, you know, I mean, sometimes we receive answers that we won't, but you also have to be able to accept rejection or accept that this might not be your time because some people will be like, I don't have time to talk to you right now. Even if it is a social event, sometimes you're just like, okay. And you never know, you may run into them again, but I am a firm believer that things happen when they're supposed to happen and there's a lesson behind everything. And so maybe in that given moment, maybe there is a sign saying, this is not the time. Mm -hmm. Maybe there's something else you need to work on before you present yourself to this person, because this person may rip you up or, like I said, go through you like a fine tooth comb and you might not be ready for that right now. So I think sometimes artists, they question themselves like, did I do something wrong? And sometimes it's not even anything that you did. It's honestly just it was not the time or that person probably just was not in the mood that time. But I always try to remind people you have to still continue to go. And like I always say, too, is. (laughs) <laughs> you have to always continue to go because yeah, how many times it, I, I haven't talked to my wife about that and just like hey he's like no I just like this I said just breathe it's okay it's gonna happen you it's like some people say success is failure without a doubt exactly. and that is a a true statement and and failure is gonna happen that's how you learn that's how those lessons are started that's how you you gain those lessons you gain things that you didn't know before because of that failure so failure isn't always a negative thing failure sometimes is a way to ground you and to structure you into the person that you're meant to be sometimes you need that failure to bloom correctly or maybe to be watered correctly because you may be getting water but is it the correct water if that makes sense is it healthy water lastly if you could give any advice to someone that is looking to be a singer, a composer, a writer, a rapper, anything in the music industry, what advice would you give them? Mm, um, advice, I'd say take your time and constantly work on your craft. Continue to build your repertoire. Nothing is less important than not knowing enough. Mm-hmm. You got, if it, you know, once you're in the room, you, you pretty much either you got it or you don't. Because, again, everybody's looking for the next big thing. Everybody's looking to say, hey, I, I study this. Okay, great. You got to show me that, you know. And when you're focusing on being able to have all of these intricate levels about all of the things that you know, you're just flashing a bunch of things. 
But I like to see that, you know, it's not about what you're wearing. It's not about what you got on. I don't care about your jewelry. I want to see I want to see your skills. When it's time to work, I want to know that I that you're the person I can work with. You're the person I can call on. So if you got it, do it. And, and then once you're doing it, let everything that you have worked hard for, just let it all out. Because that's a, that's a great thing about being an artist is that this can be super therapeutic if you allow it to be. And I love being able to find time to create and being around different creators who even know better than me to be able to keep me inspired. I love I love being around people who just know more than me anyway, because I always love to be humbled, mm-hmm. not being able to make myself look like uh, look more like you know cocky, but it brings a lot more confidence out of me to know that okay, even if I did know that, I just love the way you did it, and mm-hmm. that makes me even more of a stage with how I love to build more with my repertoire and my artistry. And it's highly effective to even uh, speak upon that when Tyreek is on Tyreek hits the stage. I picked up this from that. I picked up this from that. We all do. But it makes us who we are in the long run. And that is highly important because there's something that I might do that's a little different from Maseko. Something that I might do that's a little different from Jacob Lattimore. But those guys are great. But I definitely want to show myself and those guys how great I can be. Mm-hmm. But I got to bring it. You know, I'm expecting right. for that. Uh, I'm expecting for that no matter what with anybody, especially who I'm choosing to work with. But I would love for everybody else to expect that from me 100%. I really like that answer. And it was a genuine answer at that. It's very important to remember who you are and to be true to yourself. I think sometimes a lot of people, a lot of artists, they get into the industry and they forget who they are or they forget their real reasoning for being in the industry. And some people, they're able to hold themselves together. As for you, I believe that you'll be able to stand your ground. You seem like a very grounded individual. You seem like you. You're welcome. You seem like you have a good head on your shoulders. You have a supporting wife, which is just brownie points for that too. And because she's within that same industry and entrepreneurship as you, that's definitely helpful as well. I said that was the last question, but I have one more question. Is there anything new that you have coming up? Any events, any performances, any music? Yes, uh, right now I'm a part of this group called Elite Music Entertainment Company. And it's super fun and it's super chill as well. My father-in-law, which is my wife's father, he runs the company. So being on board with that company so far has really pushed my skills and everything else to the horizon. And I never really, and I, I couldn't say if I haven't learned enough, I will continue to keep learning more. My father-in-law is a musician, so he's a bass player. So it's super helpful for him. A lot of the things that I am doing now and to have his expertise even push me going further, that uh, that makes me better and happy. So right now I'm having fun with the group. And right now we're just doing some shows in New York. We'll definitely have something. We'll definitely have some shows coming up around, I would say, maybe within the next two months. Some shows in Brooklyn and some shows in uh, Manhattan and some shows possibly pushing Virginia. So we're going to be hitting the road soon. But yeah, everything that we are definitely working with has a quality work. And uh, I'm happy to be a part of the team and let alone just being just being my full self. 
that they can utilize me in the best way they possibly can. Okay. Well, Tariq, I am very, very honored to have interviewed you today. I am Thank very you so much excited. For, of course, I'm excited for your future endeavors. Good luck while you're on the road with these different performances that you're going to do. And I'll be sure to keep in touch with you just to see how you're doing and how your music is going. I'll look for your releases and things like that. But I do appreciate you for interviewing with me today. Yes, please. Thank you so much. I, I would love to keep in touch. Uh, your, your Instagram, your handles, everything. Got a network. I'm trying to get it all out because, you know, I just said it earlier. I'm, I'm bad with names. I'm bad with... <laughs> but no, thank you so much again for having me. And it's been a pleasure and a true honor. All right. Well, you enjoy the rest of your day. Yes, you too. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thanks for listening to WJMS Media, where media is reimagined. You can check us out on our Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and TikTok. Also check out our website at www.wjmsradio.com. And we also have a newsletter, so you can subscribe and be up to date on everything.